Grab genommen bedauert. Jet Morgan in Operation Luna. Jet Morgan and the crew of rocket ship Luna took off from the moon, intending to return to the Earth. But on the far side of the moon, which they were photographing prior to heading for home, they saw a number of strange spacecraft which took off and pursued them. Then Jet and his crew lost consciousness to awake and find that they'd left the solar system entirely and were hurtling through space at an unimaginable speed. After a little while, they noticed that the ship had slowed down, and then there appeared on the televiewer screen an image of a planet which they were rapidly approaching. It has an atmosphere, no doubt about that. Yes, but what's it composed of? Methane, ammonia, or what? Well, the chances of its being air are a million to one against. But it's a planet, an island in a limitless ocean, and we're heading straight for it at a speed at which we might be able to control the ship. It's a chance in a million, our only hope. You mean you're going to attempt a landing on it? Why not? If we're going to die anyway, it might as well be on that... Whatever it is, is out here in nothing. But it's so far away from home. No further than we'll ever be. This is our one chance of survival. Yeah, but we've no idea what's on it. Who's on it? We might even be wrecked and end up as a sort of space family Robinson. What do you say, Mitch? Shall we try it? I'm all for taking the chance. Let's try to land. Doc? Yeah, me too. Well, I suppose if I say I'm not, I'll be considered overruled? Yes. I'm overruled. All right. Landing procedure will be the same as it would have been for landing on Earth. With the aid of the atmosphere? How else? But it may not be dense enough to afford the necessary braking power. That we'll find out. But we'll try just the same. Open up the pilot's cabin, Doc. I'm going in. Okay. Mitch, get the radar. See if you can calculate our speed and height from the planet. Yeah. Now, let me stay with the televiewer. If you notice anything odd about that planet as we get closer to it, give a yell. What else? Pilot cabin door. Contact. Hey, Jet. Yes, Lemmy? Look at this. What? See it? Sort of brilliant reflection at the top, like custard over a Christmas pudding. Ice, eh? An ice cap. Like the North and South Poles on the Earth, but bigger, much bigger. What does that mean? Well, it means that the overall temperature is much cooler on the whole. And in that particular region, way below freezing point. Well, we can't land there then, can we? No, but nearer the equator, it'll be warmer. Our safest bet would be to land somewhere between the equator and the pole. Seem to be a lot of cloud areas. Thick, too. Yes, all to the good. At least that indicates that there's moisture down there. Water? I hope so. If it isn't... Hmm. All right, Doc. I'll get into the pilot's seat. As soon as I'm settled, I'll go over to Intercom. Right. Well, that's peculiar. But uh, most fortunate. Well, what is, Mitch? Well, so far as I can calculate, we're about 17,000 miles above the surface of that planet. Uh-huh. And our speed is approaching 10,000 miles per hour. And that's exactly what our height and speed would have been now... If we were approaching the Earth after taking off from the moon. Except that it would have taken us more than four days to get this far, instead of just an hour or so. Hello, Doc. Now settled in. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me, Mitch? Yes. Estimated distance of surface is 17,000 miles. Speed, 10,000 miles per hour. What? But that's just what it would be if... If we were approaching Earth. I know. I just explained that to Doc. Yeah. I suppose this couldn't be the Earth, could it? How could it? Well, it seems to have land and water and clouds and ice caps. I wish we could think it was, Lemmy. But the ice caps on Earth are nothing like the size of that one. It isn't the Earth, that's certain. But from here, it looks as though our best bet for landing will be to treat it as though it were. Get to your posts and stand by for landing procedure. Yeah, okay, okay Jeff. Right. I'll try to estimate our acceleration rate. Hey, 
Listen. Huh? Oh, it's here again. That music. Those ships must be around somewhere. Yeah, I can hear it too. Yes, so can I. Jet, do you hear it? Yes, sir. Can you see them? Are they out there? No, I can't, but my view's limited. I can't see behind. Stern view. Switch on the stern view. Stern view? On? There they are. And still in that circular formation. Oh, now what are they up to? Are they going to try and turn us away from here, too? Ruin our only chance? Can you see them? Yes, yes. They're directly behind us. Why don't they leave us alone? Jet, you better come out of that cabin quick. If we're going to accelerate again, and you're sitting in there, the pressure could break your neck. Oh, don't worry, Mitch. I'm on my way out. Doc, let me get to your bunks. Lie down. Yeah, they ain't catching me this time. Are they still there, Mitch? Yeah, look. Well, get onto your bunk, Mitch. We'll leave the televiewer on. Trained on those ships. Yeah. If nothing has happened by the time we're close enough to that planet to go into orbit, we'll go. Ships or no ships. Yeah, well, I'll keep checking our speed. Let you know when we have to take action. Well, they're still there. They don't seem to be getting any closer. Hey, what the... What's up, Mitch? Our speed, it's just the same. It isn't increasing at all. It must do. The gravity pull of that planet must be drawing us down towards it. The speed must increase. I tell you, it's not yet. It's still 10,000. It hasn't changed since the last check. What is going on? What are they doing to us? And how can they do it? Beats me. They must have control over powers we don't even know exist. They're coming in closer now, and fast, too. Hey, eh? yeah, look at them. Just like before, as though they were going to attack us. And why don't they get it over with? Hey, something's happened. Gravity's returning. Can you feel it? I don't know. It's not quite like that. It's a, a kind of... Well, the pressure seems to be outward towards the wall. And getting stronger. Hang on. Get your backs to the wall if you can. Oh, I'm trying up. Oh, I can hardly move. Oh. Everybody all right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anybody black out? Well, not me. No. Not me. Hey. Hey, they've gone again. There's no sign of them. What? Yeah. Look for yourself, Jeff. I can't see. Yeah, wait a minute. What's that? At the bottom of the screen. It's a light. Some kind of light. Look, it's rising higher. Good Lord. It's the planet. We've already broken through its atmosphere and we're traveling parallel to its surface. But if we're that close, we must be falling towards it as well. We're likely to crash. Get to the radar, Mitch. See if you can estimate our height. And, Doc, uh, open up the cabin again. Right. Well, that solves the problem of how we land. We'll probably hit the ground so hard it'll take a month to dig us out. As soon as Mitch has got the facts and figures, let me have them over the intercom. You bet. Good heavens. What is it, Jeff? The wings, they're red hot. The whole ship must be glowing. Well, how red? Just enough to notice that they're glowing, all right. We must have entered the atmosphere at about 15,000 miles an hour. And we can't be doing much less than that now. Hello, Jet. Yes, Mitch? Estimated height, 50 miles. Speed, 14,500. Right, I'll hold it at 50 miles high. The atmosphere's resistance will keep slowing us down, and with luck, we'll make a safe landing. At least with the right way up and on a steady course. Where are we now? Just over the ice cap, heading for the pole. Let's hope we don't have to land on the ice. We're going too fast for that. We'll be well on our way towards the equator before we're anywhere near slow enough to land. I think we'll make it. Safely, I mean. We can only hope... Meanwhile, you'd better convert the coaches to sitting position. As soon as you've done that, train the televiewer on the surface directly below us. Between us, we can select a good landing place, if there is one. Estimated height, 15 miles. Speed, 750. Check. Your indicators say the same? Yes, Mitch. Well, we seem to have left the ice behind, passing over water now. Can you see any land yet? No, I can't. Well, there is plenty. We saw it. There's plenty of sea, too. We're bound to have to pass it. Hey! What is it, Jeff? I can see land now, I think. Slightly to port. I'm going to turn, head towards it. What's it look like? Flat or what? I can't tell from here, but you'll soon be able to see for yourselves. 
Height, 30,000. Speed, 180. Check. Oh, blimey. Don't look very friendly, does it? About as good a spot for landing as the Himalayas. Well, what if it's all like this? A planet of mountains. Do you see any end to them, Jet? No, Mitch. They stretch clear to the horizon. But there must be a flat part somewhere. Oh, meanwhile, we're losing speed and height with every second. Some of them mountains, well, they must be 20,000 feet high. We'll hit them for sure, unless we cut in the motor and rise up again. Well, it may come to that. But it'll be such a waste of fuel. So what difference does it make? We're never going to take off again anyway. We're losing height rapidly, Jet. And speed, too. We can't keep going much longer. Then we'll cut in the motor. I'll lift our nose and gain height. Right, Jet. Well, just a short burst on low power. Let me know when you're ready. We'll get it up to 500. Stand by. Standing by. Contact. Contact. <laughs> Yes. Then take a look at the country below us. Tell me what you think. There certainly seems to be the, some kind of green substance on the valley floor. Is it grass? I would like to say from this height. Could be a kind of moss or lichen. Is that good? Well, it shows that there's some kind of life can exist down there. Oh, it does. Yeah, but it may be the only kind of life. Oh? These mountains are high, Doc. That's about the only kind of life that could survive on them. Maybe there are more advanced forms lower down. Always supposing there is a lower down. If you ask me, this planet is nothing but mountains and sea. Hey, Mitch, Doc Levy, there's a great stretch of flat country ahead. Are you right? sure, Jet? Of course I'm sure. Well, what does it look like? Is there anything growing on it? Well, I can only see it in little patches. There's lots of clouds, stacks of it. If there's anywhere we can land, I think it's there. What? With the clouds obscuring the view? What if it stretches right down to the surface? It doesn't. I can see the ground, I tell you. If we point the nose down, we could get under that cloud and see what lies below. How about it? Shall we try? Oh, why not? If there's any chance of landing, so far as I'm concerned, the sooner the better. Yeah, me too. And me. Right, here we go. Oh, it's flat, all right. Oh, fairly flat. We could make a landing here, couldn't we? Sure we could, if it weren't for that forest. We can't land on treetops. No sign of any clearing. Not even way ahead? No, but visibility isn't all that good. The cloud's thicker and lower than I thought. Can you keep under it without hitting the deck? I, mean. I think so, for some miles anyway. Then keep going. We might spot something. Mitch, check the height and speed, will you? Yeah, height, 2,000 feet. Speed, 90. Ah, it's no good. Nothing but trees. We'll have to rise again. Get above this cloud. Find somewhere else. No. Don't, hold on a minute. What is it? There's a gap. As if a great area of the forest has been cleared and cultivated. What? It's true, Doc. And there's a river in front of us, running at right angles to our line of flight. All the cultivation is along its bank. You mean fields? Well, you could even call them that. Can you see a place to land? Now it's raining, absolutely teeming down. Oh, blimey. Can you see a place to land? There are plenty of places, but we're going too fast at the moment. I'll have to circle and keep circling until we've slowed down. We'll be careful, Jet. Don't put us down in the river, please. Turning. Is it still raining? Oh, raining buckets full. Visibility's about down to zero. Well, then take it easy, Jet. 
We don't want to hit anything, not at this stage. Coming in now. Tight, 1,000 feet. Straight run. 900 feet. Let's hope the ground's firm and can support our weight. 800. You better brace yourselves. Get into your chairs. 700. Come on, Lemmy. It might be quite a shock. <laughs> Don't you think I know it? Strap yourself 500. in. 500. Doing it. 400. 300. Get it up. 200. Stand by. 100. Here it comes. Oh, blimey, it. Sorry, Shipper. Here we go again. Touching down. Now. Captain, we're going to crash. I know it. Get up, Mister. Oh, 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 Hold on, I'm coming up to the cabin to take a look out. Uh, me too. And me. Come on, then. Not that you can see much with this rain falling. Blimey. I'll say it's raining. Do you suppose it's always like this here? Rains all the time? How should I know? I'm a stranger here. Well, it just goes to prove that life on other planets must be fundamentally much the same as on Earth. Green vegetation, a river, clouds, rain. Just like home, isn't it? Only much wetter. I wonder if there's any kind of animal life. There must be. Eh? How else could those plots of vegetation grow like that? They're too regular, too uniform to have grown that way naturally. What, you mean some kind of animal planted them? Why not? Who ever heard of such a thing? No animal would know how to begin. Wouldn't have a clue. Well, what's your theory? Humans. Only human beings would know how to cultivate. The only type of human beings we can imagine are like ourselves, and we came from the Earth. Ah, yes, but yes. according to your theory, there must be human beings here. Oh, well, well if there are, or animals, for that matter, with a similar type of intelligence, surely they must live somewhere. Where are their houses? Their cities, even? There's no sign of them. But these fields along the river bank. The systematic way in which the forest has been cleared, it can't be natural. It just can't. Then what's the answer? Well, maybe their homes are miles from here, and they travel by boat along the river. A good guess, but why to the mark, I'm sure. Well, only trying to help. Do you think that stuff down there is good to eat? Huh? Well, our food isn't going to last forever, Jack. Now we're here, we have to eat, if we hope to survive. And drink. Can we drink that water? Or will it poison us? Can we breathe the air? Is it here? It may not even be safe to step outside the ship. Gentlemen, I don't know where we are. What planet this is we've landed on, or in what part of the universe it's located. But the fact remains, it looks as though we're going to be here till the end of our days. And if we remain in the ship, our days are numbered to less than five. And if we step outside, we may not live five minutes. But if there is air out there, and food and water... We'll have to put it to the test. How? Somebody will have to go out there and try it. Go out? Uh, isn't there some other way? What? Whoa, whoever goes, he's... He, he... No, there's no other way that I can think of. We'll draw lots for it. How will we get out? Through the airlock. Yeah, but the moment we open the main door, whatever atmosphere is out there will rush in and fill up the vacuum. And next time we use the airlock, it'll enter the ship, and if it's poisonous... If it is poisonous, we won't be using the airlock again anyway. Whoever's left in won't be wanting to get out. I'm not so sure about that. Well, I think I'd rather be poisoned out there and get it over with and die of suffocation in here in five days' time. Let's get back to the main cabin. We'll draw lots, and then one of us will go out and make the test. That's closing. 
Let us know when your helmet is fixed and we'll exhaust the air. Helmet, Marston. Over to Intercom. All right, Doc. Exhaust the airlock. Airlock. Exhaust. Suit now inflating. Air pressure zero. All right, Doc. Open the door. Let's get out there. Look, Lemmy, wait a minute. Why not let me go out? No fear. I won the draw, didn't I? Open her up. I'm going out. Better do as he says, Doc. But take it easy. Just ease the door enough to break the vacuum. Yeah. Let that air, or whatever it is out there, come in as slowly as possible. Right. Main door. Stand by. How's that, Lemmy? Yeah, the suit, it's gone all flabby. Oh, it will. As the air, or whatever it is, comes in from outside, it'll equalize the pressure. Oh, well, it'll be a lot easier to move anyway. Maximum pressure. She must be full now. And open the door properly. Let's get out and get this over with. Main door, contact. Put out the ladder, Doc. Let's see how it feels down on terra firma. Ladder, contact. Well, here I go. I'll go round to the ship's nose so you can all see me through the pilot's window. How is it to walk, Lenny? It's not walking that worries me. It's how long I'm going to be able to. I'm now going round. All right, Lemmy. We'll be watching for you. And good luck. Thank you. There he is. Just coming into view. Talk to him, Jeff. Hello, Lemmy. We can see you. Are you all right? I'll tell you in just a few minutes. I'll know one thing. What? I should have brought an umbrella. I'm going to get the air wet when I take the helmet off. Oh, never mind that. Remember what we told you. Loosen your helmet first. If you feel no ill effects, lift it slightly. Take a shallow breath, and if that's okay, take a bigger one. And if it isn't? Then fasten up your helmet, increase your oxygen supply, and breathe deeply. Right. Now, here I go. I'm fasting helmet. Helmet loose. Well, Lemmy, can you breathe all right? Oh, sorry, Jeff. I wasn't trying. I was holding my breath, but... I'll do it this time. Remove it now a bit slightly. Now. Now, lower your helmet, quick. Too late, it's lowered. How do you feel? Well, uh, it's, it's all right, up to now, anyway. You sure? No, I ain't. It's air, it must be air. The effects might be delayed. I'll have another go now. Take a deeper breath this time. Remove your helmet. Feels all right. Thank goodness for that. No peculiar sensations? No. You sure, Lemmy? Sure, I'm sure. In fact, I think I'll take the helmet right off. No, no wait. Too late. He's done it. <laughs> I can breathe. Without the helmet, I can breathe. The first good, clean breath of fresh air for nearly a month. Oh. <laughs> air, air, beautiful air. Max, what's come over him? He's dancing. The oxygen content must be too high. It's making him too lively. Or else it's poisonous. Lemmy, put your helmet on, do you hear? <laughs> He's taking your suit off now. It must be air. Lemmy, what on earth are you doing? I'm going to take a shower. A shower? In the rain. Don't you realize it? It's nearly a month since any of us have had any kind of a bath. But 
Isn't it cold out there, Lemmy? Oh, what now? To me, it feels warm, like a warm spring day on Earth. And now that I'm here, I'm going to make the best of it. Here, why don't you come in? The water's lovely. Well, why don't we, Jeff? Either it's all right or it isn't. I wouldn't mind standing in that rain myself. In fact, the idea appeals to me very much. Yeah, let's get out there, all of us. We're probably going to be here the rest of our lives. We might as well get used to it. Come on. All right. Open the hatch, Doc, and let's get out there. Do we take the suits? Suits? What do we need suits for? There's life on this planet. Life very much as we know it. So let's go out and say hello to it just as we are. We landed on this planet, and Lemmy left the ship and found the atmosphere breathable. Since then, we have discovered many other things. That the water is drinkable, the temperature is mild, and the rain unceasing. In many respects, the planet is very much like Earth, and the days are very nearly the same length, almost to the second. The cultivated area along the riverbanks contains a variety of crops, so far as we can tell, principally a kind of wheat or barley. But whatever it is, it's in the early stages of its growth, which leads us to believe we've arrived during the late spring or early summer. Who or what it is that has cultivated the soil, we have no idea, for with the exception of flights of birds across the dark, cloudy sky, we've seen no living creature since we arrived here. The rations we brought with us from Earth have now almost gone, and Jet, Mitch, and Lemmy, armed with homemade nets and fish hooks, have gone down to the river, hoping to catch some edible fish. Perhaps there is further food to be had in the forest, but until we can be sure what kind of animals live there, we daren't risk entering it. At night, the forest resounds with the weird cries of some creatures or other. Their voices come echoing across the clearing and, carried by the wind, sound as though they are just outside the ship. Not all bad. Mm-hmm. Would have been better with some potatoes and peas, but at least we needn't starve. Well, not while the weather remains as mild as this. What, do you think it's going to change then? Who knows? This might be just the warm season. If it is, what's the cold season like? How severe and how long? We've got to explore a wider area, find out much more about this place. Yeah, what happens if we meet up with uh, whoever planted those fields outside? I hate to think. I'd feel a lot easier if we had at least one gun between us, or some kind of weapon. Look, can't we make some spears or bows and arrows? At least they'd be better than nothing. Have you ever used a spear, Doc? Or a bow and arrow? Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> Me neither. I wouldn't know how to begin. Oh, it's marvelous, isn't it? Here we are in a rocket ship, the wonder of our age, stranded on some unknown planet in the depths of the universe. And when it comes to making a couple of simple weapons to enable us to keep alive, not one of us knows how. Hey, weren't you ever a Boy Scout, Lemmy? No, Jewish Lads Brigade, me. Didn't teach us nothing about bows and arrows. Well, I think it's a problem we're going to be able to solve. We've got good tools. We could use odd bits of the ship to manufacture a few knives, arrowheads or spearheads. We'll soon learn how to use them, and we'll have to. Yeah, meanwhile, we can live on fish. At least it's a change from airtight sandwich packs. It's getting dark, Jeff. Maybe we'd better close the hatch. Yeah. I'll do it. That's another thing. What is? We're using what power we have left to keep the lights going at night. What do we do when the juice gives out? Go out and buy some candles? There are a great many problems we'll have to solve before long. A great many. And one of them is some kind of shelter outside. What for? For cooking, that's what. I mean, the fire under the ship is all very well, but 
Well, keep getting soaked just the same. Well, maybe the rain won't last much longer. Well, I don't see why not. It hasn't stopped since we got there. Well, it's time for me to go into the pilot's cabin and take the watch. <sighs> Who follows me? I do, Jim. Well, I'll give you a yell in a couple of hours. Oh, thanks. I think I'll turn in. Don't suppose I'll sleep, but there's nothing else to do. How about you, Mitch? Yes, yeah, sure, might as well. Me too. At least until I have to turn out again. Hey, Mitch. Mitch, wake up, huh? Oh, it's you, Jack. Oh, I was just dozing off. What is it, Jack? What's wrong? Is there a red princess knocking at the door? Listen, uh, are you all awake? What's the trouble, Jack? The rain, it's stopped. Oh, blimey, didn't wake us up just to tell us that, did you? Listen, the sky's clear, and I can see the stars. Well, what did you expect? But the constellations, what about them? Well, they're the same as we could see from Earth. What? They can't be. They are, I tell you. Come and take a look for yourselves. You bet we will. Well? Yes, you're right. I can recognize them. Lyra, Cygnus, and the dolphin. There, see, just the same. In fact, we might as well be on Earth. Not quite the same. Well, how do you mean? Well, look at Vega. Well, I've been watching it for more than an hour, and she hasn't moved from that position. Well, hardly, but the other stars have. Moved quite a distance. They're, they're circling round her. So? But isn't it Polaris, the pole star, that virtually stands still? Yes, it should be. And when we left Earth, Polaris marked the celestial pole. Now, wait a minute, I don't understand. Well, I do. At least, I think I do. Well, what does it mean? Just this. Vega has been the pole star before, and will be again. Every 26,000 years or so, it occupies the place we normally see occupied by Polaris. Yes, but apart from Vega, the constellations are the same as seen from Earth. Yes, and don't you see, only from the Earth, or maybe from some other part of the solar system, would they assume the shapes they do. Yes, I'm beginning to understand what you're driving at. Well, I'm not... It means that we must be somewhere within the solar system. Well, that's a comfort. And that's not all. We know that within the solar system, there's only one planet with air, trees, water, rain, and clouds. And the Earth. This can only be the Earth. It is the Earth. <laughs> what? Oh, blimey. And I went through all that performance, testing the air. But if that's true, Jet, how do you account for the constellations being out of position as they are? Why is Vega now the pole star? There's only one possible explanation. We must have traveled here through time. We've landed on the Earth, all right, but at a different time from when we left it. How different? Heaven knows. But my guess is at least 13,000 years. Oh, which way? Forward or, or back? I don't know, Lenny. I just don't know. <laughs> You've been listening to episode 7 of Journey into Space with Andrew Foles as Jet Morgan, Alfred Bass as Lemmy, Guy Kingsley Pointer as Doc, and David Williams as Mitch, and with David Jacobs. The orchestra was conducted by Van Phillips, who also composed the music. Journey into Space was written and produced for the BBC by Charles Chilton. <laughs> <laughs>